All right, so let me just come out of the gate and say that I'm going to over-deliver because the title of this episode is 12 Questions to Create an Irresistible Offer. It's the 12 questions to ask yourself and to answer. If you want an offer that's gonna make your audience, your target market, just like wanna eat it up, just like give me, give me whatever you have, take my money, right? If you want an offer like that, well, you got to ask yourself these 12 questions. So what about that over-deliver thing? Well, I, at, at the last minute here, I decided to throw on a question zero because without answering this question zero, your offer is much more likely to fall flat, is much less likely to get you the kind of traction that you want. And, and here's the thing. While we can talk about copywriting and copywriting tricks and conversion hacks and all that stuff, all that we want, if we don't have a powerful offer that people just want to buy, we are like starting off in a negative place. We're starting off with a huge disadvantage. And in many cases, we're gonna to struggle to create any kind of success. But if we do have an offer that people are ecstatic about, that they wanna buy, that like is going to do exactly what they want it to do, and they can see that from the offer, well, it becomes so much easier, so much easier to do all the copywriting work, the marketing work, the conversion work that's designed to actually get them to say yes to that transaction of handing over their money. So without any further ado, let's dive into these 12 questions with a bonus question zero that is the foundation. All right, so question zero. Who exactly is your ideal target market? Who are you talking to? Who is actually going to give you money for this? If you don't have this, if you don't know this, your offer is going to be way less compelling. And so this does have to start as the as the foundation, right, for any kind of thinking about how you're going to develop your offer is who are we doing this for, right? Who are we doing this for? Okay, uh, then we get to question number one. What's the major problem to solve? So pretty much, uh, well, with, with like all respect and reverence to Gary Bensavenga, one of the greatest copywriters of all time, the lesson you need to learn is problems are markets. Problems are markets. Everybody that needs their roof replaced within a, an appropriate geographic area, that's the market for roof repair and re replacement, right? Everybody who wants to, uh, who doesn't know how to get clients for their copywriting business, that's the market for a product that's, that's uh, getting clients for a copywriting business. Everyone who wants to figure out how to crack the code on YouTube advertising and build a scalable YouTube client customer acquisition funnel, well, that's the market for that, right? Um, and, or, or more generally, everyone who wants to get more leads, customer sales and profits, that's the market for uh, sales and marketing advice, right? But even in that, like we get more specific, the more specific the problem we solve, the more specific we can be about uh, the, the market that we're speaking to and the messaging and all of that. But again, all of this hinges around what major problem are we solving? And if you are not clear about, okay, this person has this problem, right? This problem that they wanna solve or this unfulfilled desire that they want fulfilled, right? Uh, because that is a problem by a different name. If you can't get super clear about that, then you're going to struggle to create an irresistible offer. On the other hand, if someone is like, oh my God, I have this problem and I need to solve it. 
and you're like, oh, cool, here's the solution. They're like, oh, yes, that is irresistible, right? I promised an irresistible offer. Well, you got to answer, you got to have this question, right? What's the major problem to solve? Question number two, what dream outcome or result are they going for? What does it look like after they've solved the problem? Because really, they're not so much looking for the solution to the problem or the fulfillment of that desire. They're looking for what that does for them afterwards, what the experience of life is afterwards, what their business is like afterwards, what you know their relationships or their health is like afterwards. What is the dream outcome or result that they're going for? That's going to be ultimately why they buy. And if you can paint a clear picture of here's the outcome you're going to get, here's the result you're going to get by solving this problem, by the way, then that's what people are going to be most interested in. And yes, in some cases, you're just like, oh, do you have that problem? Here's the solution. Yes. But in many cases, they're not so much thinking about the, the problem as they want things to be a different way and they can recognize that things aren't the way that they want. And so this is just another way to speak to that. Question number three, what is their current perceived likelihood of achievement? What is their current perceived likelihood of achievement? So if they believe that they're going to be able to solve that problem without anybody's help, like, I don't know, uh, making lunch, right? Making dinner. Uh, and they already know how to cook. They already have all the ingredients in their, in their pantry. They don't really want to go out to eat, whatever. And um, the, the, and, and, and they know, like, they have the recipe all picked out. They have the time set aside to cook dinner, right? They are not going to be particularly open to an offer for whatever you want to sell them in terms of getting them dinner, right? I'll show up at your house and cook your dinner, but I wanted to cook dinner anyway, and I'm, it's easy for me, right? Versus, um, uh, versus something where they don't perceive that they are likely to achieve what they want, right? If... <laughs> if they're headed home from work, they realize that the pantry is empty, they don't have time to cook dinner, they want something really good, they have something, they have an event coming up a little bit after dinner time that they want to get to, um, and, and so everything is just feeling crammed together, and then they hear an ad on the radio for, hey, um, are you looking for a quick dinner that everybody in your family is going to love? Come pick it up here. Uh, you don't need to call ahead and you'll be walking out the door in less than 10 minutes with the dinner you desire, right? So the perceived likelihood of achievement there of having to cook dinner um, being very high in that scenario where someone is busy and they don't have the ingredients and they don't have the time and all of that, right? Versus somebody who is, is valuing that. And you can apply this anywhere, right? This is just coming off the top of my head talking about dinner, right? Because that's a fairly simple thing. But different people are going to be in different positions in terms of their perceived likelihood of achievement. And you take this into like a, a, a skilled setting. So somebody who is very skilled at, for example, developing paid traffic funnels for uh, digital marketing. So, you know, funnels that are going to work for Facebook customer and client acquisition, YouTube customer and client acquisition, Google uh, ad network uh, customer and client acquisition, right? All of that. If a business says, well, I specialize in this particular skill that has nothing to do with advertising and marketing, um, but I need the customer and client acquisition 
And I need someone who who is very likely to be able to figure that out for me, right? Their perceived likelihood of, of achievement without the offer is low. Their perceived likelihood of achievement with that offer is incredibly high, right? So what is their current perceived likelihood of achievement? The less they perceive of being able to do it themselves and without your help, um, the more likely it is that they're going to want to give you a lot of money for it. All right, that was question three. Question four, I gotta keep rolling through this. What's agitating about the problem being unsolved? Why do they want to solve it now? Okay, agitation is like that emotional feeling around having the symptoms of the problem that's unsolved, not being at where they want, right? And the more agitation there is, the more motivated they are to take action on it, right? And the more agitated they are about this problem remaining unsolved, the more likely it is that they're going to say, I want the solution like right now, right? I want it yesterday. And that is an ideal situation because that's the type of person who's gonna be like, I don't care, just take my money and solve the problem for me, right? And that's part of making an irresistible offer is giving someone, especially finding those people who not only have the problem, but have it in an extremely agitated way and who have a desire for a very, very rapid solution. All right, question number five. What have they tried that hasn't worked? What have they tried that hasn't worked? This could be competitive. Here I think of actually the Dan Kennedy question. Why should I, your perfect prospect, choose to do business with you over every other option available to me in the marketplace, including doing it myself, going with a competitor, or perhaps putting it off and not solving the problem at all, at least for now, right? And so in the context of that, at least some segment of your audience has maybe tried doing it themselves, tried solving the problem themselves. They've tried going with this competitor and this competitor. They tried a book on it and then they tried a course on it and then they tried you know, some done with you program and then maybe they realizing they need a done for you program, right? Like what if they tried that hasn't worked and uh, knowing this allows you to then answer that Dan Kennedy question. Why should I, your perfect prospect, choose to do business with you over every other option available to me in the marketplace, including doing it myself, going with a competitor, or maybe not solving the problem at all, right? So maybe they tried putting off the solution to the problem, but it's still lingering and it's still agitating. All right, question six. What's slowing results? What's slowing results? Okay. Um, so in some cases, people are just going to buy speed. Uh, so for example, they may be able to, they may be able to try something and figure it out and like go through the iterative process of realizing, okay, this, these are the different things that are required. In a lot of cases, like this is why you buy coaching or training, not necessarily because you can't figure it out on your own, but the investment in the coaching or training pays back in the time savings that it allows for you. So if I'm able to figure out something in, I don't know, 10 days as opposed to 10 months or 10 years because I went through somebody's training program or I went through somebody's coaching, if I'm able to figure something out in 10 minutes because I can look it up inside a training library like BTMS Insiders versus um, having to like experiment in the marketplace, right? Um, then I, there is a there's a huge advantage, especially for for 
audiences for markets that value their time. You know, in particular, I'm thinking entrepreneurs here. Uh, but most most people, if you actually challenge them to think about it, will value their time in a way that is worth the investment uh, to shortcut things, right? And so if you think about what's slowing their results, maybe it's something that they don't know, maybe it's a system that they have to figure out or that they have to get from somebody else, maybe it's um, you know too much experimentation, maybe it's that they don't have a clear process for getting the result. There's lots of things that could be slowing their results and if you can uh, speed the results up, your offer will become more irresistible. Question number seven, what's making it harder than necessary? This is very similar to the slowing the results question, uh, but instead of thinking about time, we're thinking about effort. So certain, okay, uh, great example. Most of my clients, uh, that I have ever worked with as a copywriter have been decent copywriters themselves. And in fact, they could write the copy, they could create the funnels, they could create video sales letters, all of that. They could do all of that. But they choose to pay to because they don't want to have to manage it. More recently, clients that I work with as like a fractional CMO and copy chief, they could figure this stuff out on their own, but they don't want to have to do that. They want to have somebody else that is able to, for example, help them run their team or come up with the strategy that's going to turn their desired results into projects that are going to get them the desired results, like the fulfillment of those desires, right? And so anything that makes it harder than necessary, if you can address that, if you can shortcut that, if you can make it more probable through a process, that's going to be uh, a big part of what is going to make your offer irresistible. Question eight, what's making it more expensive? Again, we're just hitting, it the, hitting this from some different angles here, right? What's making it more expensive? In some cases, a great example here is paid advertising. Paid advertising can get really expensive really quickly if you have a setting wrong. I actually, I set up a, a campaign recently and I had the wrong setting and it was one of those kind of hidden settings and man uh it took me a couple days to figure out that wow that's spending much faster than i expected and it's getting more impressions than i expected um let me double check the settings and i did find the setting that was wrong and that made it much more expensive and it was like add that to the checklist of things that you make sure you cover before you launch the campaign next time because you want to save that money well, if you can help them save that money because they don't know what they don't know, they don't know what they're missing that's making it more expensive, right? Um, then then if, if you can reduce the overall cost by them actually paying you some of the money, then that can make your offer much more irresistible. Question number nine, are there any other major obstacles that are standing in their way? This is like, you know, you got to throw the catch-all question in there for any other major op obstacles, objections that are going to come up, roadblocks, resistance, uh, things going on that are preventing them from getting the result that they want. And if your goal is to get them the result that they want, the more you can proactively clear out those obstacles, the resistance, the roadblocks, so that they do not get in their way and make that part of your systematized process that is going to make it work pretty much every time, well, the more effective you are going to be, right? Like, and, and it's, it is going to be, um, I mean, that's, that's something that is 
incredibly powerful for you is, is the ability to clear out major obstacles towards getting the result that they want so that everything goes smoother and they're going to be ecstatic as, as customers and clients and it gives you more confidence in selling your offer because you know that those things are taken care of. I believe that was question nine. Question 10, what does an ideal solution contain? What are the success criteria? So at this point, we've answered a bunch of these questions. We have a good idea of like what they want, um, you know, the problem that they're facing, the, the desired result, all of that, and um, all the obstacles, all the things that are making it harder and, and take more time and more expensive and any other obstacles that are standing in their way. We know all of those things, right? So we should be able to say, okay, like, a successful solution to that problem is going to tick off these boxes, right? Here's the success criteria. It's going to help them solve the problem. It's going to get them that the outcome, the result that they want. It's going to release them from the agitation, right? It's going to, uh, it's going to be faster, easier. It's going to be um, less problem ridden. It's going to be something that is going to get them what they want in a way that no other solution has been able to do. And here's a really important thing worth noting is that in copywriting, people talk about the mechanisms a lot. And there's the mechanism of the problem, which is basically like why you still have that problem, even though you've tried everything else. And so if you're very clear about where all other solutions have fallen short and where yours is superior, well, that's going to set someone up so that they are predisposed to be interested in you as the expert product or service provider here. Then there is the mechanism of the solution. So that was mechanism of the problem or what I've called the new understanding of the persistent problem. The mechanism of the solution is that one unique thing that actually addresses the mechanism of the problem. Um, that one unique thing where it addresses why they still have the problem in the first place and is layered on top of all the other success criteria of all the other solutions in the marketplace, right? To get them a complete solution to the problem. And so you should be able to say, what does an ideal solution contain? What are the success criteria? Getting us to question number 11, what are all my offer deliverables? Now, largely what we're doing here is we're flipping, what are the success criteria? Okay, what are we delivering to actually, uh, you know, check off all those boxes, right? To tick off all those boxes. So your offer deliverables are gonna be a bunch of different items that are designed to uh, fulfill on that success criteria of the ideal solution, right? And at this point, notice we've gone through questions one through 10, we're getting to question 11, and I didn't actually talk about what people are getting up until this point, because all of that thinking lays the groundwork for what you want to put into your offer. Now, there's a lot of things that you can do to make the offer more effective, and you know that's beyond the scope of this, but um, you, you, you need to know your offer deliverables. And question 12, at what price is this an incredible value? So, you know, how much is it worth to solve that problem? Uh, in most cases, you want the offer to feel like uh, the solution that they're getting is worth at least 10 times what they are paying for it, right? And that, that's how we start to feel like, oh, this is an incredible value. It's even better if it's even bigger, right? Um, 
and sometimes it's going to be based on something else completely. But when you think about at what price is this an incredible value, that starts to give you a sense of what the offer is going to look like when it is an irresistible offer. Uh, now, my call to action for you at the end of this episode is to ask yourself how you can use this. Did you write down those questions? Do you need to go back through the list and take notes? You know, leave a comment with episode in with this episode if you uh, if you have a specific action item or takeaway from this. Don't forget to like and subscribe if you do want to go deeper into creating irresistible offers. You know, we are just kind of scratching the surface here. I do have an entire course called Irresistible Offers that you can check the link to in the description that is part of the BTMS Insiders training library, which right now has about 200 hours of total marketing and copywriting courses where you get unlimited streaming access for one low fee. You can check those links in the description directly to Irresistible Offers and to more info on BTMS Insiders. I'm Roy Fur. this is Breakthrough Marketing Secrets, and I will see you again in the next episode. See you soon. Thank you once again for tuning in to this daily episode of Breakthrough Marketing Secrets. Remember, check out the links with this episode for even more value. Now make sure you like, comment, share, subscribe, and engage in every way you can to keep this show going and growing and delivering daily value to you. I'll catch you soon for your next big breakthrough.